This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. When the credits start rolling, but the movie keeps haunting you. Before, after. Then it's time to tune in to Dismembering Horror. We'll talk about what worked and also what didn't. We'll dissect every aspect. Maybe someone we shouldn't. You turned out to be completely unreliable assholes. Take it away, boys. Oh, hello, Tim. Hello, Ryan. And hello, everyone. Thanks for listening, watching, for being here, here to, as she just said, Dismembering Horror. What she did not say is this is episode 204 of Dismembering Horror, and that today, from this fine year of 2023, we are dismembering the new film, the new latest film in the Evil Dead franchise, Evil Dead Rise, directed and written by one in the same Lee Cronin of The Hole in the Ground, which I haven't yeah. seen. Have you seen it? I have. It's it's good. Cool. That's what I've heard. I really yeah. want to see it. I think I recommended it once. I think maybe. <laughs> okay. I'll still uh, have yet to fulfill that recommendation. <laughs> well, come on, man. I want to. Great. Anything else before our trailer here? I don't know. All right. No. <laughs> Let's just jump into it. Oh, you know what? I will say something. Yes. So uh, at the bar that I work at, I left Friday night at like 10. Mm-hmm. Lee and the two stars of this came in at 1030. Whoa. Crazy. And I missed them. Darn. I know. And we always talk about like, who's who is coming to your bar? Who is the clientele? <laughs> and who knows? <laughs> there we it's go. It's them, I guess. That's so funny. Yeah. I was sad to learn that <laughs> yesterday. <Yeah. laughs> wow. Whatever. Cool little bit of serendipity, though. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, then let's watch the trailer. How about... Okay, sure. Let's do it. Great. As I just said... From this fine year, 2023, here we go. Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. What's up, sis? I had the most beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies <laughs> so that we could stay one happy family. <laughs> when I was just a little girl I asked my mother What is this, Danny? I found it. What will I be? Will I be pretty? Will I be rich? Here's what she said to me. Open up now. 
You don't look so good, Mom. All right. K. Sarar. 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 Whatever will be, will be. What will be? What will our ratings be, Tim, for Evil Dead Rise? Would we tell ourselves per our rating system if we were talking to ourselves to avoid stream rent or just buy and complete the collection for Evil Dead Rise? Okay, well, I didn't buy the 2013 one. And I liked this movie. Um, I didn't love it. So I guess I'm a, I'm a rent. Yeah. But I feel like that could, that might change. I think it's possible that I'll see it again and be like, oh, what was I thinking? I love it. I'm pretty similar boat, but my feelings right now are pretty strong of, uh, uh, it, uh, not delivering too much in the end for me. And honestly, if it was not an evil dead film, I would definitely just say stream, but like mm, just as an yeah. evil dead fanboy, right. I want, I want to say rent, but I don't know. I think I want to be a little, a little feisty and say, just stream it. Wow. Brutal. Absolutely devastating to the uh, the Evil Dead people out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which the Deadites, right, right, uh, who aren't me, I guess, right? Because I'm doing it out of my my toxic fandom love and <laughs> right and wanting more and come on, Evil Dead, come on, Evil Dead, I want yeah. so much more from you. It's I don't know. It it, it may be also that it's different. And the same, and eventually that will will come around to that. Yeah. But on the first watching, and like I don't think I had crazy expectations or anything. I was I was excited to see an, another Evil Dead movie, but I was certainly not expecting it to be like the originals. Yeah, you know, and I didn't think like we're gonna get the same characterization or or whatever. I knew they were doing a new thing, so. Well, that's that's the interesting thing that we'll get into with our discussion here is like, what do you want retained? What right. needs to be made anew? All that stuff. Yeah, yeah. and th- look, they tried. They tried to to find a balance. And this was one of those cases where, like, what worked is also what didn't work. So yeah, probably get into it all. Yeah. Um, but then at the same time, I wonder if it's just I do need to see it again and let go of my. Because what are we really talking about here aside right. from like director's anxiety? Well, what I wanted to see. But even yeah. some of those things for me are like I don't even know how I would necessarily do that, which is just another thing I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, there's definitely I have thoughts, but like. I didn't go leave the movie going, wow, they like they screwed up. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel that way. I just was like, oh, maybe I would have liked this more if this was slightly different. Yeah. So not not huge, just like first viewing kind of like. Yeah. Hmm. I just didn't wasn't feeling much yeah. or I liked anything the, when it in ended. my theater, like the the theater experience was good for once. Yes, technical things are good. Oh, you're talking about uh, fellow audience members. The getting... audience was great. They were into it. They they were clearly fans that were like on board with every little, you know, like nod. <laughs> great. 
So that's cool. Woo, the book of the dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Like saying the words along with it. Uh, all right, man. So then their summary. What was this movie just to get us all on the same page? Well, this is one of three book of the deads out there. So with same universe as the others. Yeah, we can make that leap, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, which I think is cool. Um, but the is it the continuity from army of darkness too that's why i say one of three that's established it that's right yes so hmm so i would make the leap or maybe not so much of a leap this the the small hop into saying that (laughs) we're just saying this is one of the three and it is not the book that we've seen in other movies would you make that assumption um I th- I thought there's the the three that we see that he picks from in Army of Darkness. I heard someone like Sam Raimi or someone talking about or Bruce Campbell say like we know there are three out there. Right. And I was a little confused because in Army of Darkness I thought the whole point was that there was one real one and two fake outs. In that scene, I think that is true. I don't think that the three they're referring to is in re- relation to that scene. Okay. You know, like my my assumption would be more that, and may well. So the cabin in the 2013 movie is the cabin in the original. Yeah. So those are the same book. And yeah, people presumably it is called a requel. So right. Um. Hmm. Anyway, we got another book. It's. it's, it's I mean, it's a fun <laughs> lore to try and parse out, but I don't think we have the answer this is one of three books as far as we know Correct. And, uh, that's been and it's not one of the other ones we've seen yet let's it, just say that yes it gets unearthed from an earthquake we're in a old la high rise right family we've we got, got a family that's on their way out they're getting kicked out because the building is condemned and going to be demolished got matriarch mom ellie her sister beth is visiting for the first time in a while and then Beth's nieces and nephew, Bridget, Cassie, and Caleb. Or yeah. no, Danny, Bridget, and Cassie. Oh, yeah, who's Caleb? Uh, maybe that other neighbor. I don't know, the next in the casting here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah. So, okay, so let's back up. So we've got this family living in this this condemned place. There's very few people living there anymore, like just her floor and maybe one other floor. There's some people maybe only one person um the let's see the aunt or ellie's sister is discovers she's pregnant she comes back into town and to find that the family is actually not really available to help her out in her situation because their situation is also somewhat dire they need to move out um, but then, yeah, then there's an earthquake and the effectively they get trapped in the building. Um, the kids have gone out to get pizza. The earthquake creates a hole in the parking garage. Un- and, and they established that this building was an old bank. So there's a vault, hidden vault down there with a bunch of manuscripts and just stuff. And Danny, right, the kid, the boy, he climbs down, finds the Book of the Dead, gets scared, grabs some records, which I thought was a cool addition, and like vinyl records, 
and gets out of there, opens the book, plays the records, the incantation is spoken, and the, you know, power of the evil dead or whatever comes and uh, attaches to their mom. So then we're off to the races. And the rest of the movie really is sort of just like antics ensue. Um, the whole second act is just the family trying to navigate the mom being a deadite and then how that jumps from one person to the next person to the next person. It leaves us with Beth and the youngest daughter, Cassie. They're the only ones alive. Everybody else in the building, presumably, has been possessed. At least their floor. Right, on their floor. <laughs> yes. And, uh, you know, it's the plight of Beth and Cassie to get out of there. They're, the elevator has been presumably broken and the stairwell had crumbled so they don't have that escape route. Um, and they can't get out through one apartment to get to the fire escape. So they're, they're pretty screwed. They manage, they get out through the elevator, uh, <laughs> being chased by the th third sort of version of demonic, whatever, uh, I don't know what you would call it. It's like in the book, they flip to different pages and we see different types of demons or different types of deadites, deadite possession <laughs> yeah. forms, I guess. And the mom gets one first, the daughter gets one second, which is really cool. Um, the son gets the last one and then the three of them combine into the last version form, which is wild. And that's like the big boss at the end that Beth and Cassie have to fight off, and they do. Surprise. <laughs> and there's lots of um, homage mirroring to the first and second movies. Homage mirroring. Yeah. And that's it. Yep. I mean, we get a wraparound story, which is kind of fun. Yeah, just to sort of connect us to the a cabin world right right because i guess it wouldn't be yeah the movie evil dead without that i don't the know movie opens with a lake and cabin scene and one of the kid like teenagers is 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 possessed and runs amok and then we get really honestly one of the great great title card images or moments i've ever seen that's a good uh, segue to what worked. Yeah. All right, let's do it. <laughs> what worked? What worked? What worked for you? What worked for you? <laughs> it worked like a charm, Smith. <laughs> what worked? What worked for you? That title card, indeed. That was the. <laughs> it's gonna sound uh, man a, a, a backhanded compliment here, but that was the one moment I really, really, really loved. <laughs> That's fair. I, it was the one moment where it was like, uh, like pure movie happening yeah. at me. Oh, here we go! Yeah. Hype. Uh, it was something maybe about the outside setting with just this perfect, gorgeous lighting. 
Yeah, um, it's do. There's a lot of things making that work well. Um, first of all, is totally the lighting and the and the 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 image, the base image itself of just the lake is really pretty. Mm-hmm. And then you have the girl who you know who is a deadite in a very almost like Jesus-y pose floating a, an inch or two above the water. Oh, yeah. One of a, a couple Jesus uh, yeah. uh, uh, imagery moments. And, and then the way that they have the title actually behind the trees that the, are- The mountains, right? Yeah. Yeah, trees and mountains. Yeah, the, the essentially the skyline. Mm-hmm. You have the- the title rise up from behind that. And it also inside of the title, in inside of the text, has I think the pages of the book mm. are the texture. And that in it inside I feel like was moving slightly too. So there's just like there's like a lot of layered dimension to that shot and movement and like symbology and like it's just working on all pistons or firing or whatever including uh the music (laughs) which is just going full using the word but just epic evil (laughs) dead yeah evil it felt classic evil dead somehow right right yeah so it's really a remarkable shot um well, what else worked for you? I mean, look, the, the the look of the film for me is right up there. Like tonally, um, the camera kind of work. It's not it's not like anything crazy, but I think what what they managed to do is modernize a lot of the quirky camera work that Sam Raimi was known for in the first two, well, all three of the the movies. Um, like there's a shot running down the hallway where the camera really is just doing this, mm-hmm. you know, and it it just feels like Evil Dead, like what we know of that, but like everything is is on a higher, bigger scale in terms of production value. Yes, it how it was shot, it told the story well for sure. Um, I'm not sure I can totally agree just like the look of it. I don't know. It was good, but I don't know if it worked for me. Um, That's fair. But I will say an equivalent, a technical equivalent that did really, really work was the sound and sound design. I thought that was a great modern updating interpretation, kind of like what you're just saying as far as visually, but orally of... uh, the like hearing the the recitation of the passages just booming over yeah. the speakers the low end happening and then just nailing the sound of when they were possessed deadites too that, that voice quality yeah well they they sprinkle in the actual like sound effects from the original movie i know too, it starts with times. the flies like it's so good <laughs> and 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 it's it's i think that i can see some purists and there was a part of me that wondered whether or not I liked it in the moment because it's so it is exactly the sound right like the there's that eerie sort of wooing sound that happens I don't know how to describe it exactly but 
that is, they're not redoing it. Mm-hmm. They're using the actual sounds. Like mm-hmm. they've at least recreated them exactly the way they were. And at first glance, I I was, I, I guess it was taking me by surprise that they were using the exact thing. But when it came down to it, I was pleased to hear it. You know what I mean? And then like, once it happened once or twice, I was like, great, I'm in. Like, let, like I want that to continue on and be the vibe of the movie. Mm. I accept it as we are still in this world. We're not remaking Evil Dead. We're just furthering on the lore of the Necronomicon. And well, that was that. the, that's kind of a, a way to put what the thing that I said was both working and not working, but of course we're in what worked, what worked about it. I thought this felt like it was cool how it was successful in feeling like it fit the world of all three of the original trilogy mm-hmm. and even Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah. Uh, the, the 2013, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I have to think about it more. But uh, it had this, um, it had enough of this, this sort of like straight horror to make me mm-hmm. feel the world of the first one. It had mm-hmm. the stuff like the eyeball gag that was literally straight out of the second one. So <laughs> the cheese grater, stuff like that the felt more um, Evil Dead 2. Yep. And then some more heightened uh, effects or extension, like, like even for Evil Dead, um, playful i don't know yeah i don't know it it had a certain lightness of touch and sort of non-grounded fun seriousness uh that an army of darkness would have one sequence in particular i feel like there's a a sequence in and out of the hallway that felt finely irreverent uh in the way that sort of army of darkness and and evil dead 2 can be the the like the kind of hallway attack scene or fight scene it's it's one of the earlier hallway moments where i mean the eyeball is a part of that sequence but Mm -hmm. it goes for a fairly long time um even actually i guess there's two there's that one which is the first hallway sequence where we're looking through the peephole and then the later one, when they actually get out into it and she's got the shotgun, that whole sequence felt very Army of Darknessy to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, like it's doing those things, but doing it in a, I don't want to keep saying modern way. It's just an, a, a, a newer, different take that is, I guess, more modern, whatever. I don't know what else to call it. It's hard for me to, I can't quite second that because I think that's getting into more what didn't work, yeah. kind of that overall effect I for think me. That it's so weird because so much of this movie is riding a line that I'm like, I'm not, I, this is why it's a rent, is it, it I like it, but I'm, I'm, questioning it almost right i like the stuff happening on screen <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah more of that the um the book itself i loved the design of the drawings inside they did conjure yeah. this ancient there's something sinister and evil about yeah. the drawings themselves the fun of uh i don't even know if it'd be vinyl but whatever that original old material is of the record that makes it when it's so scratchy yeah. like that yeah it's like hard or whatever that is. Um, and that whole, yeah, that whole unleashing sequence too, I thought was really fun. 
I did too. I, yeah, I don't know. I, the movie is pretty unrelenting, mm-hmm. which I think is good. Um, there's a side of being unrelenting that I think we can talk about that, that maybe would fit into what didn't work. But, um, for the most part, just, and, and, and this does sort of, for me, connect me to the Sam Raimi style of the Evil Dead movies in that, I mean, for lack of a better way to explain it, the camera is literally being like shoved into the face of things. Yes. And that alone makes, it gives me that feel like that, the the incantation scene has so much of that where it's doing that thing where it's like, pushing really hard into the speaker and it's, you know, like you said, it's booming. And then it's like really close in on the, on the record and his hand moving around or really close in on the, the, what's the needle called the stylus, Mm -hmm. you know, all of that stuff, I think just feels good and is, is matching the, the vibe that I want Mm -hmm. going into an evil dead movie. Mm -hmm. So I was excited about all that. The, um, I guess continue the train of great evil daddy, true to evil dead feeling moments. I think my favorite, uh, I mean, a, such a big part of that is what do the deadites do? What do they sure. say? Does that feel right? So I love the breaking the eggs as a sort of first. That's always a great <laughs> deadite moment is when they're doing something traditionally human, yeah. but just that, that, that askew and there's something wrong about it. It's just that visual of cooking the eggs with the shells in and just throwing them yeah. in there. It felt like that is just a spot on, like kind of what deadites are or do with things. Something about that visual is really representative of that. That was great. I, you know, I've just now thought to myself, you are mentioning the eggs, like when you say that and like what, like you could take it totally for face value, what it is. It's just that they picked a thing that, is available in the kitchen to, to do, but like why eggs? And like, it makes me wonder also because we mentioned the sort of the Christ imagery and the mother, um, themes that like Beth is pregnant with a, uh, you know, uh, somebody's kid. We don't know whose kid. So we can maybe make a, a leap to say that there's sort of an immaculate conception theme going on there. Um, uh, Ellie is coping with being a, a mother. There's a lot of this weird undertone of maybe something to do with like Christian father, son, (laughs) mother, Mary, something, something, something. I'm not sure what, and I I might be reaching totally, but I wonder how much that maybe played into how he, or just themes that he was leaning in on, Lee Cronin, I mean. Uh, Are you kind of coming off the eggs thing still? Yeah, it just made me think of like, okay, eggs are sort of representative of like the bounty and like, you know, like that kind of stuff. I think... um, Easter and whatever. Especially just as the human experience, it feels like it could feel weird on some deep level. And this is kind of, we talked about the cognitive dissonance with like what we're eating and stuff like that. Sure. But when you have an animal product, especially, and especially like what eggs are and represent to sort of not be conscious, conscious that, you know, for chickens, this is like 
this is a holy thing. This is, right. you know, childbirth kind of thing. So just something about like maybe that's the way she's throwing them and just the sort of, it's just that exact deadite thing of like total, not just even beyond disregard for right. just life and preciousness and all that is holy. So. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, it could, it, uh, if you remove the Christian aspect of her or religious component to it, it still makes sense that she'd be sort of defiling the embryos of a being, yes. which is essentially what she does for the rest of the movie, right? Her kids are her own former embryos. There is an embryo <laughs> growing inside of Beth. So maybe that's all it is, like that they're doing that. But then I think about like Easter as a as a holiday, holiday, I I'm very not religious, so I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. But like the whole concept of like Christ has been has died and then he rises again, right? Rises. Like the movie is called Evil Dead Rise. So I, I wonder and I wouldn't be surprised if that was somewhere in the mix of how he was going about like creating this world and the the themes within these characters and and the story. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're kind of making the connections to earlier and this is just another big what worked for me with this was just twisting it up with the mother kids family yeah. angle for this movie. So anything too that was unique to that was great as far as like what she was saying as a deadite mother, just anything in that, that vein, which is great. I mean, I'm going to cut you up and have you crawl inside me. Come give mommy a hug. <laughs> well, and that the kids then do at the end, the two kids return yep. to her innards Yep, and like become a part of her again, which is a reverse birth. Right. Which is wild. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess I'm being a little bit like, I don't know what the word would be. I'm being a little bit like touchy about like making this connection, but obviously it's a connection. It's about a book of the dead. Like that is a very sort of like fly in the face of religion. You have a priest reciting the incantation. Like obviously there's, it's all in there. Yeah, it's the inverse Bible. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever. I don't know why I'm being like, oh, why I'm being touchy about it. I'm, I don't mean to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to be sensitive. We have a dead-eyed at the door. <laughs> All right. Aside, we were interrupted by this creature, which, you know, I got to be honest, she does not seem like a dog. So, Mim, what were you... No, okay. So, um, mother dialogue, mother stuff, mother possession. This is my, <laughs> my adopted child right. here. <laughs> I can relate now. Um, oh, I mean, just talking about all the mother stuff, gotta shout her out. Alyssa Sutherland, I thought was incredible in her performance. Okay, which person is that? The mother. Is that Ellie or is that is that Beth? Ellie, that's what I'm coming off saying mother. Gotcha, gotcha. Her well, I mean, Beth's a mother to be. Soon so. to be, no, who we're talking okay. about. Yes. Who we've been talking about, Alyssa Sutherland as Ellie. She's, yes, not just a great performance, I thought, but also her face looks just so perfect for like dude what is up for, she it's freaky i was gonna say for turning into a deadite like she How, has a perfect face for a deadite somehow the way that she's able to like it doesn't look natural like i i i don't think they were doing cgi anything to her face i think she's just really good at like you know 
morphing her face around and but goddamn it looks insane she has a very angular face and yeah. body Some yeah that's good, true good contortionistic moments yeah i mean it's wild what sh- i i will say i think the acting and maybe that you know we're kind of used to the the camp acting is a different thing mm-hmm. of the old movies this is high end like very solid acting there's oh, very yeah. little camp i mean there even in the campy like moment when she's a deadite at times moments the acting of that is amazing oh yeah like it's wild to me how crazy and good that is i liked to uh not to just not to say she's you know like that's not to dismiss her at all i mean it's amazing how good she is i also really liked the daughter in deadite mode she was great (laughs) yeah the swallowing or eating and then swallowing the glass that was a good highlight good deadite moment let's just talk about this i think the 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 true, true sort of like success of the movie is the insanity of like the kills and the gore. Like I love the creativity behind all of those. Like even if they are homaging things, I still think that the way it's depicted and like the content of it was amazing and so much fun. Like we can kind of quickly go through it. Like the mother, Ellie like boiling and being put in the bathtub and like jumping onto the ceiling, Mm. that whole sequence and screaming at them. Like all of that was so cool. Um, The daughter, uh, oh, well, oh, sorry. Before the bathtub scene, the Ellie throwing up just like the most throw up I've ever seen in a scene ever. And it was like, and it was cockroach like roach worm things. It was like foamy water. No, I mean the mom. Oh, oh, oh yeah. The yeah, foamy yeah. watery, like white barf that she throws up. And it's just like, it's, I don't know, gallons and gallons of it. It was so crazy to me. It's like, so to me, right off the bat, I'm going, oh, okay, we're we're in for a lot. You yeah. know, like when you when you start with that kind of insanity like strap in yeah so then yeah the daughter throwing up all of the the like cockroachy whatever goop that came out of her that was gnarly i hate throw it by the way and i was willing to get behind this for the sake of how crazy it was so i like that um the chewing of the glass, the cheese grater to the leg, the the um, Stephanie kill through the daughter's mm. m- mouth, her pulling that out, her being wrapped in a cloak and following, like coming into oh, shot, yeah. that whole sequence. And then suddenly she can basically fly, which is crazy. So that whole thing, her stabbing her brother in the arm and the chest was like super gnarly. The big old scissors through the mouth. Scissors through the mouth. The the spray uh, flame off of the um, the oven. Like all of these were just really, they're not necessarily new. Like they're not like breaking new ground, but like they're fun. They're over the top. They're crazy, you know, like visceral. Um, I'm surprised they didn't do any fingernail stuff, but they, they, 
they, I think rightly so, it's been a little overdone. But there was a couple moments when I was like, oh no, we're gonna watch some fingernails like come mm. apart. And they didn't do it. Um, the whole hallway scene, the eyeball being bitten out, which is wild. That was good. Um, and then just the back and forth through the peephole like perspective, I thought was really fun to see people's bodies flying left and right. Like, I just think that that component of the fun and over the top, like irreverence to this type of gory horror was right up there for stuff that that I've really loved. So like in that zone, awesome. I want to second the peephole action because that specifically out of what you listed, even though everything else has maybe a domestic bent to it, the peephole specifically felt like promise of premise. What can you do as far as evil dead in a high rise apartment? So anything like that, especially enjoyed. I mean, yeah, like you said, the going back and forth, but a great eerie moment with um, having uh, mother Ellie, look at a like you know she 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 knows they're looking through the people and the way she goes right up through it it's just i don't know gave me that feeling of like oh my god your proximity is yeah. so close to this demon also, also when she's when the when her daughter Cassie the youngest is looking through the people and and being spoken to by the by Ellie or demon Ellie uh and she's sitting there facing away from the door mm-hmm. when she stands up there's it's very unnatural and weird looking. Oh, yeah. There was a large audible gasp in the theater <laughs> that I was at. Like everybody was like, oh no. Yeah. Like it was awesome to watch. And so like stuff like that, like I think it's doing its job really well of getting people to react, you know, like getting under everybody's sort of like we're all like geared up. There was a moment halfway through when <laughs> A guy and his girlfriend or whatever, a guy and a girl got up and the girl was holding his arm, like holding his arm across her face and having him lead her out because she was so scared. That warms my heart, Tim. It was amazing. And like, we all, you know, they have to walk basically in front of the whole theater. So we're, everybody kind of saw them go through (laughs) and like, there was like, people were just like, oh like like people were excited that somebody was having that big of a reaction Mm -hmm. and then like five ten minutes later i the guy walks her back in and she would not look up she (laughs) still had his arm across her face and just like i think she probably just went and sat down and just like went like this for the rest of the movie great it was amazing (laughs) kind of more on the apartment setting i thought it was cool the old high rise it felt evil daddy yeah <laughs> which i appreciated yeah why is that it did though you're right just the it's a design thing maybe same era as the original cabin oh, yeah that could be i don't know i mean i've read uh i've played some of the evil dead video games like for mm. dreamcast back in the day and there is it's funny it's just, it's cool what's when you're outside of the cabin how do you be like how do you still make it Evil Daddy? Just something about right. the, the color choices, the era, all that felt good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, I like that it's in LA just because we're here. Yeah. You know, like, I don't I don't know that that necessarily adds anything for anybody outside of LA, but it's, a, it's I don't know, it's cool. That building 
I don't, I assume it's a real building, the exteriors. I don't know. But it's got that very LA, like, Art Deco era, which I don't remember when that is, the, the 20s or 30s or something like that. But that is a very old LA architecture that, that I, like, we've been in those buildings, right? Like, a lot of casting offices and stuff are in those old buildings. And, like, mm-hmm. you, you go in and the elevator is exactly like what, <laughs> what we're seeing yeah. in the movie. So, like, there's a familiarity to it, for me at least, that I was, you know, found pleasing. Absolutely. Yeah. The uh, yeah, elevator, another good, uh, unique to the location. I love that whole elevator scene. Absolutely. And I felt very much, in particular, the coloring of the blood felt like they were <laughs> directly saying, you know, homage to The Shining. Yeah. Like it, the, obviously it bursting out, like it, has a overtone of that. It was interesting. It looked like they shot it slow-mo just kind of so they had the option of going full Shining or not. <laughs> right. But right. I was glad, glad in the moment it worked well just to have it just door swing open yeah blood burst out it's a really cool set piece the lighting inside the elevator when it's filling with blood to me looked amazing mm. i just love the tone of it and like how it's reflecting it defies the the reality of the elevator in and of itself because we see the elevator ceiling i think like once or twice in those light that that lighting doesn't exist in there but I didn't, I didn't care. It just felt so cool looking to me. Um, also, once they are completely covered in blood, it, I don't know why that looks so cool to me. But like her in her sort of like, I don't know what you call that, romper jumpsuit sort of looking out. It's not that, but it feels like that. Like she's got shorts and like a tied shirt and she looks like she's ready to go to battle covered in blood, like hair slicked back, holding a shotgun. I was like, oh my God, this is it, like the the greatest costume for next Halloween. <laughs> I'm like, Britt, please, like you have to go as this. Can you imagine year. doing I mean, all we that went blood as, as a Halloween costume would be so annoying. Dude, <laughs> you just paint it on, baby. Oh, it'd be great. There's something satisfyingly primal about the covered in blood aesthetic. Absolutely. Well, and then everybody's eyes like pop so yeah. much more when you're in that because of the contrast. And like, I really like that lead actress. Her name's Lily Sullivan. Um, she's Australian, which I was like, I think she's not, you know, a US English per- speaking person. There's just a couple times when I was like, that seems like she's covering an accent. Neither was uh, Alyssa Sutherland. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So like they did an amazing job considering, like, I mean, people, like it seems like people outside the U.S. are really good at doing U.S. Yeah, accents. Yeah, when I saw why, like, why is that? Half of the cast of Succession speak for the first time and they have British <laughs> accents. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't know. Why, like, why are they so good at it? Is, in, is U.S. English really easy or dumb sounding? Like, is it just flat? They're third actors. That's true. They are actors. They're good at it. But I think she's good. I like I like that actress. Uh, I don't. I can't remember if I've seen her in anything else. But she's good. Yeah, the supporting cast I thought was interesting too. Like in, I like that the two the the son and daughter, not the youngest, are very very Gen Z 
sort of presenting people, right? Which I think is a smart way to go, right? Because it's, that is actually probably more the audience that you want to capture with this movie, Mm -hmm. right? Generationally. Um, I saw the first Evil Dead when I was 12 or 13, maybe. My brother showed it to me. Yeah, and he was in high school, so that's that's probably about right. So, like, get, like, figure out who they are now. Like, who are the 12 and 13, 14, 15-year-olds? She's going to her protest tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. He's into DJing. But I like it because it's, like, it's representative of the the actual world right now, and it's it's not tropey in that. Like, it's, I mean, I guess that's a new trope, but not yet. Um... You know, so it's it's fun. It's doing that thing. Um, Even the uh, the not not eccentric, but just the funny daughter too. The the youngest, the youngest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's been overexposed, mm-hmm. which I love, and mm-hmm. I mean overexposed to like terrifying ideas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it is fun to watch her just sort of navigate. I all I could think about. Oh my god, all I could think about through the entire movie was how screwed she is. Mm-hmm. Like, and I and I think they couldn't explore that in, in future movies, right? Like, if they have her be the main character carrying on as well, or a recurring character at least, seeing how this stuff has messed her up, in the same way that we follow Ash around for many, many, you know, stories, and how it's ruined his life, but like, a part of who he is now and all of that kind of stuff. I I think it would be cool to see a character like that um, explored. Oh, to, you're just talking today. little girl sequel potential? Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, let's see her when she's, I don't know, let's go, how old do you think she is in this? Like eight or nine or 10 or something like that? So I feel like let's this go, is- Let's go five, six years from now. She Have her be a teenager and have her- <laughs> you know nobody believes what happened so she's got to go prove it and find the book and then like try to destroy the book but can't destroy the book and then it like you know somebody else gets hold of the book and more deadites show up because somebody recited the incantation i don't know like let's just keep it going uh i think we should keep it going because if you're talking just about what worked for you was characters having potential for future installments yeah yeah. we're probably uh extinguishing the what worked section for us (laughs) fair enough okay let's go all right great unless there's anything else of course uh okay just from a filmmaking standpoint i love i love a callback i love a setup and a callback the scissors get set up very specifically good callback and the wood chipper gets set up and called back Uh, and i guess the gate not working gets set up and called back so i like all those it's fun great all right next section yeah what did not work it's not ready yet seems to work okay no something important's missing what did not work This is where I like hate myself being like, <laughs> why can't I be like the girl being let out of the theater? What <laughs> is that? I, I guess yeah. it, it's not a wrong, right thing. It's just my ability to tune in or whatever taste. I don't know. I always I, I hate the, the what did not work section, even though it is fun because then it's how we grow to make what we want to make. I think all that jazz. Agreed. 
Um, I mean, yeah, when you're talking about these exciting uh set pieces kills gore moments effects it just kind of all means nothing to me when i'm just not engaged in such well, a way with the characters yeah it's well like i okay so like i was already saying was it felt like it was a successful combo of the original trilogy and all the things they were doing i don't think what i wanted since this is you know like 11, 12 years, whatever, since the last one, 10 years, I think it was 2013. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Is, is, I guess, more of tonally whatever the first one is, where it feels like there's some real, like, horror underneath it. There's something really evil and unsettling about it. This felt way too like the worst of the later worlds, like Army of Darkness isn't a scary movie, right? No, it's <laughs> so, not meant to be either. Exactly. Then that's kind of how I felt about this. Where but it's, it's not doing the comedy that Army of Darkness is doing at all. It's doing the eyeball moment. It's doing a Book of the Dead uh, has CG effects added to it. It's like, I know for Evil Dead, like I don't want, like you wouldn't use the word subtle to describe what you want in an evil dead movie, but in some filmmaking aspects, I would have wanted something that's like, I didn't need the, the book of the dead flashing CG. It felt like just, what do you mean? Flashing CG? It's like veins were like moving and glowing and stuff. Um, yeah, it just like what you were saying about liking the quality of how it was shot. It just had this sort of slickness that all just, made it feel like safe and just and you know, when were you, you say you're mod- so against this this i don't know modern version of filmmaking but i was i am and i'm not it's not just a modern thing because i realize it because i was like what about new candy man remember when we were doing our top yeah. ones and i said what worked about that for me is it had this slick modern aesthetic but still somehow channeled this like uneasy unsettling like what am i looking at paranormal feel do you think that part of what you're responding to when you say slick is simply um resolution oriented like that it's crisp it's it we we live in a world where a 4k is a thing right like and it's it's sort of surpassing what our eyeballs are like 4K, like people are like, oh, 8K is the next thing. It's like, dude, you can't, like, it's our, it's kind of like, I have to throw any. out a lot of words to just get at whatever it is yeah. I'm talking but, about. But like, so I guess what I'm asking is, is your distaste for that aesthetic, where is that coming from? Is it because you so deeply love? the grittier grainier just reality of of photography like actual film photography even though i probably would be stoked to see like a 16 millimeter version of this i still am i'm that that's not my final point of its slickness is what made it well i'm uh, just asking sort of in general because this does you you do you make this i think twin peaks the return is like the best thing made in a long long time and that has a super slick look to it okay um so no it's not just that it's like not i'm I'm continuing a thread so i'm like it's not just the slickness it's i think there's like when i said the combo of all the previous ones it almost feels like the bad side of that is this is just this sort of what is like 
the most obvious, safest iteration for how you make an evil dead thing. It almost feels like a greatest hits and it's not offering anything new. Like, sure, it's <laughs> looks and good, good cinematography and sound design that's modern aside. It didn't quite have like, I don't know, and I keep thinking of the 2013 one as a reference point where that, what did hold me, held me back from that one like the first time was I wasn't crazy about like, the the not actual forced kind of feel the studio feel of it but something about the the addiction storyline just felt so heavy and dark it was forced it, i agree oh uh, no itself no I, I, that kind of worked for me in the sense oh, of did? being oh. so heavy and dark that it just sort of put me in this oh, like gross okay. place that i liked but for this one, it was funny. It was like for a mother and her kids turning into deadites, it should be just so dark and disturbing. And it is the context, but it never had that weight to it at all for me. I agree. And so I think what you're getting to is something I felt very much. I don't think that this movie quite gives us enough in a, in in a number of different ways but enough to care about i you know maybe a different way of putting that is that like they tell us what to care about but they don't give us anything to latch on to in within that telling of the thing so like there's like an obligatory scene where the aunt gives the the youngest uh, a bracelet, and this I guess sort of a save the catish type of thing. Another weird greatest hits nod to Ash giving his girlfriend's necklaces, right? Or which whatever. is also in the 2013 one, and they they try to undercut that trope too. But like, it if you're gonna do that, like in the original movie, like maybe it should come back. Right, they do the the setup and payoff of other things, but they certainly don't with the bracelet. So, it's what saves the day in the old ones? Yeah, right. What's the utility of that scene then? And I think it feels like, from a writing standpoint, the lot of these characters we were just given a little bit of a like, just the surface of what they are, with the assumption that we'll get the the deeper like context or relationship story stuff that typically helps us get on board. We don't have that. I felt it was a really big mistake to have... So if Beth, the lead of the movie, is the kind of uh, troubled daughter, the the quote-unquote screw-up who, like, never really, like, amounts to much because society or her mom or whoever thinks that being being a uh, a roadie for for bands is not a real job her sister doubles down on that calls her a groupie throughout right so she's the quote unquote like the the weird one the other the the unsuccessful like can't get her shit together character it happened again or i need your help again right yeah okay that's fine. I, I, I mean, like do that character. I don't. I don't really care. That's a that's a common trope. The problem I have is that in opposition to her, you have a mom who is now like is to me 
overly tropey. She's a single mom because of an unknown specified reason. The dad just disappeared. Um, she's a tattoo artist, which I have. I don't think tattoo artists are like a, a lower class or whatever, but like the world does, right? Like people look at a tattoo artist and they're like, oh, that prob- that person probably is like a druggie or a screw up or whatever. Like who wants to put like tattoo all over themselves? Like that kind of attitude exists so like it's you're already going to be fighting that if you're making her the the stable one but she's not the stable one because her husband is no longer there and she's getting kicked out of an apartment that they've had for years because the building's getting demolished so like that convolutes those two characters way too much or even conflates them i i think that's a huge mistake i don't think it would have been better if she had been like Susie Homemaker, but at least there would have been a really stark divide between them. I Yeah, so as far as just who they were and their characterizations, I think all that was fine for me. It was just more how much stuff there was in showing that or around right. it all. And that's what really took it out for me as far as the characterizations was like... Just a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, they're about to get evicted. Uh, the sister's pregnant. I don't know. It was just, it it just was making me want like that kind of. I was I was trying to think like, well, what in the originals or about that sla- that classic slasher formula kind of works for me? It's like. I just want to kind of sit with them or maybe that's what makes me sympathetic. It's not yeah. like it's not going, "Oh, the sister just got herself in her regular pickle." It's like just sitting with them and having them breathe and have like yeah. moments I can sympathize with, not necessarily I, like life context, I but I just moments. I need them to have conflict. Mm-hmm. I need them to have real conflict. And they don't. They have they have fake conflict. Well, they have half ass like, oh shucks, you've done it again, you groupie. Like that's not enough. I needed a scene where Ellie Beth shows up and says, "Yo, I need your help. I I a screw up. I admit I'm a screw up, but I'm in trouble again. Whatever." And Ellie lays the fuck into her and and really lets her have it in in like a maybe over the top and unnecessary way because Ellie's situation is so dire. I never felt like Ellie's situation was dire enough. It was sort of like, oh, yeah, things kind of suck right now. And like, I can't, I don't really have time for this because, you know, like I got to move. But like, they are not packing boxes, but they have to move. Like she like pulls some clothes off the rack at one point. It's like, what? No, have the house filled with boxes, have them, like, clock is ticking, have an eviction notice on the thing. Like, lean into the problems of the mo- of the characters so that they can be at a state where they can flip out. And, like, if she really lets Beth have it and says, like, you know, like, takes her down hard and, like, makes her, like, belittles her and they can have, like, this fight fight, then we can see them apologize for that or we can see them want to apologize for it and they never get to because one of them becomes a deadite right and then once that deadite exists so in this case ellie what they what i felt like the movie really really missed is in the final moments 
And this is a, a thing in the other movies that we see over and over again. And I get if you don't want to do it because of that, but it's an Evil Dead movie. You got to just like lean into the thing that's necessary to make the character story work. And what that is, is if Beth is such a screw up and if Beth and Ellie's mom really did think that she was a nightmare and like not a good kid... The deadite Ellie needs to revert to the mom or her own voice in the end, right before Beth has the opportunity to kill them and set and let her have it way worse than the initial fight. Like tell her that she is like not capable of even being a good person in any way. Like make it hurt and make the audience go so far that the audience goes, oh God, like that made me feel bad. Like secondhand embarrassment or secondhand like grief for that person getting told that they aren't worthy of anything and like really make it sting so that she can say, no, that's a lie. That's the demon talking. My sister would never say that. And the moment that I have to face that is also the moment that I have to kill the body of my sister, but the, 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 spirit of the demon that then makes us feel the catharsis of her like you know jamming the the chainsaw into her head it's it's essentially the 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 writing tactic of the lead character define the lie that she's told herself forever which is i'm a fuck up and that's a powerful lie Right? Like, I can relate to that. So I want to see her have to be faced by the worst moment and have that person tell her the lie to her as if it's fact and have her say no. I agree. I want that kind of catharsis from the end of moment, which I forget was there. She says something as a final it's, something. It's but surfacey. It's I'd just, say, yes, yeah, so there were... When they're dead, I from there's none of that really drilling into like them saying to each other what hurts. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's this is sprinkled. Yeah. Maybe this is, <laughs> but didn't feel like evil dead. I really getting to their core. Uh, this might be kind of mincing words what you said, but um, I don't know like if I needed a big argument at the beginning to set that up or anything. Yeah. Like what? But you want to feel some I version of that. What I want to feel are like subtle tensions that sure. then when they're in their deadite form kind of, you know, becomes extrapolated. Uh, and I'm yeah, just using yeah. the originals as a reference point. Uh, you have, there's kind of like the tension of um, Ash's sister being the only single one there. So she's kind of this like, all right, kind of fifth wheel here. Right. There's um, Scott is basically just Scott. He's just, he's just being an asshole to everyone yeah. and is the one who plays the tape. So they're mad at him. Uh, and aside from that, it's just kind of we're with them in that classer, classic slasher movie setup, which is what I was getting at with saying, I just want to spend time with them and get to like them yeah. as sort of actors portraying the, I don't know, just, just giving life to the characters. Yeah. And for me, these sort of, it just for... I don't know what the the line is here, but at least in this context, all that they were doing just felt more like first draft, kind of what you do to build the character's screenwriting. Again, just all this stuff. Beth just had this thing happen to her. She's also pregnant. They're also getting kicked out. There's also just an earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Like all this stuff. I don't, I just, yeah. One dinner made. scene. 
Mm. One dinner scene is all it would take. Mm -hmm. You can get everything you need to know and the interpersonal relationships can be very clearly defined in one dinner scene. It's little things too. Like it's very powerful to see the head of the household have to slam their fist down on the table because of the interdynamics mm -hmm. of the, of any moment. Like once you get that, you go, oh shit. Because we all know what that is, right? right? Like we just relate to it. And so be a little more like nuanced and creative with a very universal thing. And then we're good. Like like See, that whole scene, they almost do it with the like bracelet scene and the like you're a groupie and then like, oh, dad's gone. So like kids go get a pizza because we need to talk. No, don't have them leave. Yeah. Find another reason to get them to leave. Have the conversation at the table and have, you know, El Ellie say, kids, just so you know, like this is going to hurt to hear because I know you love your aunt, but she's a fuck up. And she always has been. And like, it doesn't have to be that harsh, but like have a little bit of a like, let's all sit down in reality for a moment so that we can see who these people are. Or I can, I think we can get that in subtle nuanced ways, totally, those totally. tensions, yeah. which is what I'm saying I wanted for the characterizations versus this felt like I was being told why I should care about them. Yeah. Uh, and then it doesn't even come around. <laughs> yeah. So it's okay. You know, have have Beth, instead of the screwdriver to the neck, like maybe this is too old school evil dead camp, but have it be a pregnancy test. I don't care. Like, like get ridiculous with that kind of thing that that sort of continues to tie in the the themes of that conflict. I see, I I just don't need her to be pregnant. It doesn't add anything. Oh, I don't either. Me. But I'm like, she is. Like <laughs> they they made that choice. Um, maybe maybe they did it so that in the next movie she has a baby and that baby is a deadite and it like oh. crawls out of her. That'd be exciting. Didn't they already do that in the show? I think they did. Yeah, that was a, a credible moment in Ash versus Evil Dead. The whole uh baby fight thing the fetus fight right <laughs> yes um i love that show it pacing we brought it up earlier and what worked but i was kind of holding my tongue for what did not work where it's like such a fine line where you want it to in an evil dead movie you want plenty of time for the build-up and then once the stuff is happening, you want it to ramp up quick enough where you're going, oh boy, here we go. Oh my God, this is all shocking. Mm -hmm. But it felt like it was going a little, little too, too much when we started. Like, I agree. Like yeah. that elevator scene, it just felt like we were where I wanted to be more like three scenes later with the way mm -hmm. that... Um, just how active the 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 evil was in there. Right. With the, the, I keep saying vines because it's a reference to the vines in the yeah, original. The I keep wiring. thinking that. Thank you. The wiring, the cables. Right. Uh, like yeah, holding her up by the neck, all that. Uh, I don't know. It just felt like too much, too soon. Somehow, a little bit. Yeah. And the, the music. It was just. I just helped made me tune out. It was nonstop. Which I don't know. Hmm. It felt like a roller coaster ride. Where you know, if you're on like a big giant crazy roller coaster, and after like the first two things, you kind of just you're all you're able to do is stop screaming and just 
like just get tossed around kind of bored and like sure <laughs> i definitely think that they went into the 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 meat of the the possession stuff really fast yeah and i felt bad i was like i now i'm just kind of sad for the mom mhm right like in the other incarnations of this stuff we see we get like a respite from certain people getting possessed mm -hmm. so like in evil dead 2 like ash gets possessed really early on and then comes back from that and then gets possessed later and comes back from mm -hmm. that like we know that that's a possibility so I'm thinking, okay, well, if we're going to have her be possessed that early, that quick, have her come back and like have that solution somehow be like a foil or or like a red herring for the final solution. Something like that. And and like she can then become possessed again and it doesn't work and whatever, whatever. But having her, I mean, it felt like almost immediately she's possessed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I didn't really get enough time with her as a mom or a sister. Or her fighting the evil within. And yeah. And then like, what's up with the, her husband's gone? Like that just, that was one that's more, just a plot point. That, that, that's like one more just thing. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I don't All like those little that. Things. It feels like there's scenes missing. Mm. I Which is possible. I mean, you know. Too much stuff, it man, happens. for the characters. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, unnecessary, I guess. But but if you want to build that backstory, like, don't make such a big point of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it can just exist. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I'm saying. All these elements, it's fine for building the world and the characters, but then, like, I just want it all stripped down, if not away, for yeah. the final product. It felt to me like the, the reason that the dad is not there is to serve two purposes. One, to not have a lead guy there. And two, just as purely an excuse to say, kids, go get pizza. Mm -hmm. That's that's too, I don't know. Or how about they just don't have a dad and it's never referenced or brought up. Totally fine. <laughs> that's all I want. Easy. I mean, Good. the kid literally says like, I want dad. And it's like, if you have a kid saying that, that says it all. Uh, you better do something about it. Oh, right? no, like, I, I was just saying, I, it's, I'm like, you don't have to do anything with that. You can I just, would never have a kid say, I want dad, if I'm not going to bring the dad back into the fold somehow. I think you can just have them say it and it's a little coloring and leave it at that. You could, but they made such a thing of like, he left we, he, mysteriously. We talked, yeah. Was there a scene where like the, the, like he found the vault and, you know, like got, chewed up by the book of the dead like i don't know i feel like we've I, I can't think of anything else we kind of covered all the characterization why that didn't work yeah uh i'm just because i think i found a more direct way to say it what i was saying earlier about this feeling like just a greatest hits it, yeah it feels like a it just felt like a whatever the safest distillation of just what evil dead 
is and could be in just kind of this like surface level way. Kind of like, you know, the complaints a lot of people had, which I did too for um, Force Awakens. Yes. It it feels very similar to that. There's no actual like, except for the opening title, which had some real weight to it. There's no weight or anything really movie happening at me substance that happened for the rest of it. And that's what I'm always so interested in is like, how do you... How do you, it's it's like an alchemical, magical kind of thing that happens yeah. when you talk about with all the greatest horror films. How do you put evil inside of something? Like when I'm watching the original, mm. I feel like there's a risk of when he's reading those words that it's actually unleashing something. Is it just yeah. because it's old? Is it just because they made it in such a you know beautifully independent spirit that they helped just, I don't know, is it just the directing itself? I don't know. It's just, it's it's yeah, not like, as egregious as like how it's ragging on the new Mario movie last time. But just as far as modern, and that's what's modern in a bad sense for me. Not that it looks slick. Again, that can totally, gotcha. totally work for me. It's this is like, yeah, what is the safest possible version of an Evil Dead sequel? I think I agree with you that there's sort of a safe overtone to it. In that, like, even the the final setting of of the movie feels kind of uh, like not a thing. And we know it's happening. I mean, you said you like the payoff setup, but for me, I'm like, oh yeah, now we got to the moment. I that like I've been that expecting. it exists. <laughs> okay. I don't necessarily like. Like, I don't think it's great. For me, it had felt like I'd already seen the ending. Exactly. Because it had been so. So I'm going to propose a different ending that's very similar. It's just a setting tweak. And there's lots of reasons why you can't do this. Maybe it was never even an, uh, an idea, or maybe it was budget, or maybe it got shot down for whatever reason. I would have had the elevator smash through the first floor into the sub-basement where yes, the vault is. use that is. location again. Yeah. Like, aren't we supposed to do that? Return to the the origin of the evil. They got to find the other, the other record to put it away. Yeah. Something. Something like that, right? The earthquake, if you want the wood chipper, I'm fine with that. Just have the earthquake have cracked a part of the parking lot or the garage. Have the wood chipper come halfway through exactly. to kill one of them. Yeah, and that the gives you ending. a light source too. Wait, so you that it's kind not of, just completely... I feel like you just kind of changed threads I was no, cur- that was it. Like no, that. No, like- no, 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 I was curious what you were gonna say. You were gonna say more on. I was proposing that question of like, how do you, uh, how do you put more evil into something? How do you make this feel less safe? And you're kind of going on a thread there when you were like, yeah, it is kind of. You could see what I was talking about. Yeah. Oh well. No, I mean, I wasn't. I don't really have an answer to that. But I. In a way, what I'm saying about how how I would change the ending speaks to that's that's not safe, right? Like like I I would like in Bo is afraid. Like I think this the the what makes Bo is afraid so appealing to me is that nothing is off limits. Every idea, every, and it's the nature of the film, but like every crazy thing that you can come up with is in the movie. So why are we making, like, what are the powers that be that that aren't allowing for that? 
there and they exist like it, it, it could be a limitation of the filmmaker like just the scope of what they their vision um that's not a knock against them it's just if if their lane is their lane they maybe they're not opening up to these bigger sort of crazier ideas or that maybe, may be a personality thing could be the producers could be budget could be so many factors or again it's just that it's incorporating these elements from all the evil dead films when if it was hearkening a bit back more to the sort of less safe feeling Correct. of the first one like the spirit rather than the homage so that's where i keep thinking is yeah. like that's what i want that keying into that spirit of the original that i think would be really interesting to be like that question how do you modernize a spirit of something which again yeah. this this did do that for all of them but in the end it was just sort of this at the expense of not doing anything fresh or original for it for me yeah and like another example of kind of this the gray area between using like i love movies that are able to wrap themes back around you know so like she has a skill she's a tech you know a, a, a guitar tech and that skill comes back in handy later i was actually i loved i meant i should have mentioned this the shot of her sitting in front of the turntable with the headphones on i like that that shot is so gorgeous but like is that the callbacky nature of that, like, oh, I can do this. In that moment, I was fine with it. Like, I like that. But that's, like, the only time that exists in the whole movie. And I kind of, like, if you're, I don't know, there's a part of me that wants more, not versions of that, but I don't know what I'm saying exactly. It just, it felt like it was lacking a third act, like, thing. Mm -hmm. And... Maybe that's because so much emphasis was put on, like, the callback to the other films. Mm -hmm. But even in doing that, it did, like, I, I agree with you. It just felt kind of flat. Like, yeah. I wasn't, like, cheering when she's, like, come get some. I was like, all right. Yeah, same here. I... I'm just trying to think of, since it's something you kind of have to talk around to get at, yeah. I feel like this sort of distinguishment between... I mean, safe and not safe are now the words we've used for it. But it's like the difference between, even though it was not a PG-13 film, it feels like a PG-13 film. That's another way to put the kind of safe <laughs> I'm talking about. That's interesting. Like when I, as a kid, would think of like, oh, something R-rated versus something PG-13, I never had that feeling of like, it's because of the sex and violence on screen in a literal sense. It was just if something felt like more, quote unquote, adult you know? Right. But that's, that's your, that's how you're responding to it. The MPPAA or whatever it's called, the, the people who do the rating system, they're, they're, I mean, reasoning is trash. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just trying to define like, what is, what is the original doing? What are the horror greats doing to make a movie mm -hmm. feel scary, sinister, evil, dark, not safe? And I'm just thinking, does that's just one more way for me to describe it? Is like whatever the hell it could or could yeah. not be rated. Like you could make a movie, a version of this that would rate PG-13, but it still felt R. Sure, it I get what you're saying. R. I get it. Yeah, you know, it felt like when you're watching it 
there's something I'm not allowed to be watching here. This this sort of like the spell it's unleashes. There's just something adult puts me closer to death. I don't know. Well, what's weird to me too is that Hole in the Ground, if I remember correctly. No spoilers, please. Well, not at all. It had a really ominous, unsettling tone. Yeah, which is... And I I remember thinking like, I don't actually really remember the story at all. I remember the feeling that it gave me. Even just from the the trailer of that movie, which I do remember, that is exactly kind of what I'd hope for, uh, a a feel. uh, And like, I would watch it again for that reason, mm -hmm. especially since I don't really remember what happens. Um, But that... Yeah, like how do you accomplish that feeling? And I'm not, I'm like, I don't, I mean, as a filmmaker too, I'm trying to do that. And I watched my last film that I pretty much just finished. And I'm like, I don't think this is hitting in certain moments as deeply as I wanted it to. And I'm not sure why. Right. And, and I made it, <laughs> right? Like it was my creation. It's a uh, time and perspective. Yeah, yeah. Time will give perspective. I don't know. And that's why, I mean, we started this episode saying, I don't know, maybe we just need to, well, give it some time, see it again. And it's just not the kind of roller coaster I'd, I'd want. And thinking about movies and filmmaking in terms of that is a helpful metaphor of being like, what kind of ride is this? When I'd want something a bit more like the feeling of going on the Haunted Mansion as a kid or whatever, where it's just like the suspense is there. There's a hauntingness. It's not just a crazy ride, you know? This was, I agree, that that's a good way of sort of making an analogy to what it felt like. Like, this movie feels like a fun, exciting, crazy ride. It does not feel ominous, unsettling, get under your skin, and somehow Evil Dead 2 does. Yeah, it's that's kind of the best of both worlds. That's why it's kind of the, yeah. one of the great horror comedy examples. Actually, one thing I remember thinking to leaving the theater kind of on that note to compare it to Evil Dead 2, because that by far is my personal favorite. Um, it might be my favorite movie of all time, which is kind of crazy to think about. But Can you see it in the wide whatever. shot there? Yeah, yeah you got... <laughs> Um, Two copies of Army of Darkness. Yeah, one has the extended edit. I brought my... Mm-hmm. So, the attitude... Forget about the campiness of, of Bruce Campbell. Like, that's great, and I, and I love it. But I think what I respond the most to about that movie is the moments where he, or kind of any of the characters react like this is too much what the fuck is going on like, sort of, what is going on their breakdown moments yeah, yeah. and i never you never get that in this movie mm. like i needed beth she doesn't have to be goofy campy or like comedic about it but i really needed her to have some more moments where she just was like are you serious like that's the monster <laughs> like this is what the fuck we never actually took in that final shape of the monster it just was kind of happening right we get told what it's gonna be through the image in the book but we don't get the characters 
reaction to it. And like, honestly, the scariest shit in all, in any movies is not the scare. It's the reaction to the person getting scared. Mm. Seeing somebody go, oh my God, eyes opening, like breath being taken away, like whatever that reaction is, the best versions of that are what's scary. Like even in an action movie, like in Jurassic Park, the greatest on-screen scream that I know of is um, Ellie, ironically, seeing the T-Rex in the rear view mirror when it says like, you know, objects are closer than they appear. And the T-Rex like leans in and she lets out a scream that is so genuine and so perfectly like grounded in actual terror. I'll hail Laura Dern. Right? Nothing compares to that. And it's not, to me, it's not about the fact that the T-Rex is there. It's about seeing somebody experience true terror. And she says she sells it. I would love to know like how or what she did to evoke that for herself. But like maybe the secret's right. better it, untold. It, it primes us. It puts us in the right. reality. And we just, I just don't feel like we really got that in this movie. It's uh, just trying to think of more more helpful words to say what was lacking for me. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps it did not feel uh I mean, just what what you want through and through with Evil Dead movies, what the Deadites are. There's a, a meanness. There's a cruelness. Yeah, the cruel. Like, how incredible mm. that this story with the direction it did, which was great. It felt, you know, so cruel. And, you know, the, both all the kids die, the mother dies. Yet it doesn't actually feel mean or cruel. Like when you're watching yeah. it, I don't know. It's the well, weirdest thing. Here's a here's a kind of a encapsulating reason for that. Or example of that. Um, so the son, Danny, finds the book, opens the book. How he pays for that has nothing to do with his character. It's just a causality result. It's it's a it's it's the difference between a and then and a therefore. Right, because he tries shutting it down but can't. Yeah. And he says, I'm sorry. Okay, I don't care, really, because I haven't been presented with a character whose flaw has led them to do these things. If, if, if we set up that he as a character has a penchant for irresponsibility, let's say. You mean that in the way that Scotty is set up to be a jerk? Yes. Or any character is set up to, to like have a flaw, have a have a reason why they make a bad decision. He's curiosity is getting the best of him. But that's it. That's not enough. Also, we aren't set up that he's a curious person. Right? So like I'm saying there's a connective thread that I think is necessary in this type of storytelling that helps us feel what you're asking to feel a deeper connection to like the plight of what's going on. I just keep, yes, yes. Maybe there are some threads that could have been strengthened, but just my, I guess I'm just only thinking in terms now because of what it is that less would have been more just 
all around for for what I'm talking about. Yeah, but I yeah, I mean more and less. This is back on characterization too. I was kind of getting into more tone, kind of feel like that's true. What is like like what I was saying about like being being mean enough. Like I'm thinking how. Like, is there, is it, is it just a matter of the characterization not working? So then when these, you know, gore effects happen, I'm just not that engaged. Or is there a way that they could have been crueler to these kids? Like, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I I guess part of what I'm saying is, and maybe this is true to a lot of the Evil Dead stuff though, I, nobody, like, I don't feel like anybody kind of deserved this fate. Right. Like, and I'm not saying everybody needs to deserve (laughs) their fate, but, but like in no way is it connected to sort of a broader overarching kind of umbrella of like something. And maybe that would help with what you're talking about. I don't know. The feel would somehow shift if we kind of like, I feel disconnected from them right off the bat because they live in a really cool apartment in a really cool building, but that building is being condemned. There's, there's no connection to a broader kind of, I don't know, world. I think that's me. okay. Cause I keep again, like using their, that you, like setting doesn't, I don't know. There's something just not quite, gelling i don't exactly obviously know why maybe it said it was too much and we didn't need the the wraparound because you keep asking you keep posing it as what was it missing when again i but i just keep going back to the originals and being like it's not that it's missing things it's just that it it, it's okay to have it be as simple as trying to do too much yeah group of kids show up at a cabin unleash read from the book of the dead unleash evil get killed off like Find a book of the dead in this apartment building. You know, they get right. killed off. Like I don't. This is, but this is okay. Let me get a really, really good example of what a movie that does exactly what this movie I think is trying to do with this type of setting and setting makes a humongous difference. Is attack the block? Yeah, attack the block. We once we know what that setting is. See, like it means something. The setting and attack the block. It's essentially a project. This building in LA somewhere that's super cool looking, art deco, weird, whatever, that's basically empty and condemned, soon to be bulldozed, means nothing to me. It doesn't, it doesn't represent anything. It doesn't have a broader context in society. It doesn't like there's it's just a building. And that to me is not enough. If it was a high rise, that would be different. Like at least we know what high rise. Like, did you see what I'm saying? Like, there's no meaningfulness to this place. I, I, I know you don't like that way of looking at it sometimes, but like the context to me matters. I mean, I don't mean I don't. I'm not saying you have to lean into like everything has to mean something, but like. At least in Attack the Block, we know what the setting is. I'm, I'm curious what and you it thought, thought adds to it. I'm curious what you thought I was going to say because I, I don't I, think it was. I sometimes feel like you go think you you've said things don't need to mean something. Well, I can. I don't know when I've said that because what I think what I'm getting at here 
why less is more is because then the meaning comes through more. Like think of it again, kids show up at a cabin, get killed off. You don't need to make it so that like, you don't need to add layers on top of the idea of a cabin. You just need it to look creepy. And what is a cabin like emblematic of on some deep symbolic level? That's what I mean. And that's what I, that's what I was going to say too. I was going to agree with, I think your point, but just kind of point out, I think is ironic how you get there again. It's not to do like attack the block, which did work for that. And the story, I think that was fine and sort of integrated more naturally Mm -hmm. in evil dead. It's like anything that, does start to get into the territory of your uh, kind of putting on any kind of more overt, you know, social commentary or themes. It's like, no, all you need to do is just the fact that it's a creepy building, the fact that it is a build, it it means something in itself that it's this a rainy night in an old building that like looks creepy with an elevator that they're at the top of the floor. Like there's stuff in in there enough and again that just gets all uh the power of that just gets diluted when you just have all these other wrappings around it yeah i just don't buy it i guess i think that's kind of what i'm saying too is that like the place is almost too nice for the trappings that they like Oh, it's a cool part, right? Well, again, so the family seems too kind of like. Well, again, so so take away that story element of that they're about to get evicted. Like it's yeah. What does that even matter? Yes. Again. Yes. I honestly, I would. I don't know. I I would also like to see a just different representation. I think I would have liked the movie more if it was like not a bunch of white people. Mm -hmm. It definitely would have been a fun way to sadly mix it up. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I don't know. I think that you can get more meaningful context too, like with place. If you like, if it's in LA and this to me actually looks like sort of more downtown or, or East of downtown LA. Um, that's a v- mostly Hispanic area. Why is it not a Hispanic family? I think it's a very good point. Uh, I know why. Because s- the powers that be still have a boner for this idea that representation of marginalized or non-white groups does worse at the box office. I think it could absolutely be that. It could also be... Uh, complete oversight that's true i mean look lee cronin's white i think it may just be that he's irish i think we write what we identify with the end yeah fine that's what i think oversight whatever i don't want to assume one way or the other i don't either but but i would have rather seen it would have made more sort of contextual sense to me would have felt more realistic if it was a hispanic family in that setting um and just to i mean kind of what I was talking about in that setting hearing, okay, evil, the, the pitch to me, you know, from the, when you hear it first or what this movie is about evil dead in an apartment building there, that's it. I don't need it's, it's that got sure. me excited. It's not yeah. evil dead in an apartment building with a family that that's there. That's cool. Family apartment building. Sure. But yeah, then yeah. with a family that's about to be evicted with a strange sister who's also <laughs> pregnant, who also their father just left them. It's like for unknown reasons. 
And that's why I kind of, you know, to use the the other, the remake as the reference point, the 2013 one, requel, whatever, that the drug thing was like, that did just enough to like give it a sort of something novel or different about it, but it didn't push anything else more that this one, this one, yeah. did. It, it, it did enough to put it into that R-rated territory for me too, right, in a way. Right. So this so is just trying to think of like, Oh, that one, it uh, maybe first view, it wasn't crazy about it, but now I'm kind of okay with it. When this one again, I'm I'm just repeating it now, but yes, did not need anything past family in a apartment building yeah. Evil Dead movie, and it just tried to, yeah, mired down at anything that wasn't that that context. I would have, yeah, 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 all of the above. I don't even need the earthquake, honestly. No, it's a Why? cool, it's a it, cool, it's a cool thing, but. And it, and it, but it's a plot device. I think that's my problem with it. If he, it's if, a plot device. If you were saying you wanted the kid to be more curious, have it be so he just, it seems like he's always walked by this thing. Have, have a very brief scene where when we are introduced to that kid, he's coming up the stairs and the mom grabs him by the, the collar and says, you cannot keep wandering around in this building it's condemned for a fucking reason you're gonna you're gonna get hurt or killed because this place is falling down around us the end Mm -hmm. when he goes exploring and he finds the book we go you fucking idiot Mm -hmm. damn it Mm -hmm. it's not just oh it's because there was it's an earthquake because we're in california okay right (laughs) great so so to me what we've concluded is it is this combination of character and like the context of story, right? Like those two things need to be working with each other. And when they're not, it, it just kind of feels, mm, okay, fun. And, and that both those things too much. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Which again, it's so funny to say in regards to an Evil Dead movie, but it's that everything needs to be so simple the bones to then do the excessiveness on top of that yeah um which is kind of what a slasher movie is in a nutshell which is you know when it comes down to it what these movies are in the formula yeah i like the movie though which is (laughs) (laughs) like i had fun with it whatever i don't know it's a movie i'll watch it again i will too (laughs) But per my rating, I'm fine with waiting to stream it. Yeah, if we're being super critical and like picking apart, which is what we do. We're dismembering here. Yep. Thanks for being here. All right, let's see if there's any things of note. Yeah. All right. Things of note. Things of note! (laughs) This should be interesting. I mean, I didn't really have much. I thought it was interesting reading fun little like Easter eggs that yeah. like Bruce Campbell's in it apparently his voice, as yes. his character Ash in the recording yelling something like don't do it or yep. this is blah, blah, blah. Yep. So that's fun. We both, Britt and I both, when his voice came through, we were both like looked at each other. Like, yeah, that, okay, cool. That was him. Yeah. Uh, man, honestly, I just have another, maybe I'll try to put it as things of note even though is another way of picking apart what we were just doing (laughs) what did not work but i was just remembering when you were talking about what worked how you mentioned the sound effects from the original Mm -hmm. uh the starting sound of the flies 
it did not put me off on the right note for oh, it. Oh, interesting. While it was cool right. that it was like, oh, these are the evil dead flies. It was that exact kind of like what I want from an update is for details. It's a, maybe it's just a super personal fine line thing, but like, give me new scary flies. Like that would, cause, cause <laughs> sure. I, when I hear those at the beginning, it's not making me scared. It's not, it's no longer an authentic thing to itself in a different context. Yeah. It's, it is just a retra. It's a literal just, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, it, it's not original. It's not, it's not in its pure p- form, <laughs> okay. you know? Sure. So, but new creepy flies would have done it. So maybe, so, so I don't know. That's a thing of note for me. Yeah, no, it's not nice. I think it's just it's sort of interesting why and how this movie ends up being the one that gets made. Yeah, because it seems like there's been kind of this like they want to keep the franchise going, right? And like we get this reimagining, but still connected version in 2013. We get the show. The show can only go so far and they, you know. <sighs> but there was, it was about to just leap into what we wanted, that fourth season. I'm hoping it's does it's well not, on Netflix and they'll, they'll make not a new season, but just some like, just make a, like a standalone. Anyway. That could be cool. I mean, it's like listening to Bruce Campbell at that Q and a talk about it. He, it really seems like he's, He's done. He, no, well, he said he'd do it if Sam Raimi directed it. Okay, okay. Um, but, you know, it's interesting how it kind of, it, it, it like waxes and wanes a little bit. It's like you get this, you know, you get some momentum with the show and then suddenly it's like, nah, we're we're good, we're done. And then it comes, like it keeps coming back to life a little bit. And some, I mean, I don't actually know how Lee Cronin got snatched for this or so he was did there, he propose it or did they um, look to him i don't know i i mean i'm sure it was just his film that you know put him on everyone's excuse me radar but sam raimi executive produced produced something that was i think a collection of shorts like uh or an anthology piece for not hulu but just something like that raimi said in in July 19, we'd like to make another Evil Dead feature film. And in fact, we're working on some ideas right now. Um, he said he'd be interested in making another film with Campbell. However, Campbell earlier claimed that he had retired from the role of Ash. He said another option would be a sequel to the 2013 reboot. However, he's unsure if, if Fidi Alvarez would want to make a sequel at this point because the director is, was doing other stuff. Despite this... Campbell would appear in the film in a teeny tiny little cameo. We already talked blah, about blah, that. Blah. Okay, so that's totally unrelated. But like, it never really discusses at all how um, Cronin kind of got it and like what the process of that is. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's like, it definitely feels to me like Raimi is super, super game for the the world to just keep going. But they're making a show show bible for it. Yeah, and they made a, you know, there's video game that came out recently that looks kind of cool. So it's like obviously the 
comic books. Yeah, that's Ash versus all great. everything. But I just find it's I don't know. I'd love to know kind of more of the inner workings of like the conversations that lead to Lee getting it. Well, you should have researched that and let us know. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> All right. Uh, I had my friend ask me the other day, this is maybe more about the 2013 one, but I'm trying to apply it to the new one. I'd be curious what you thought. As far as like audiences, wh- what the, the line between like when we're trying to get on board with a story and have it feel like a real world we're getting into, it's really interesting when sometimes things that make them more realistic sometimes take us out of it, which is yeah. a very interesting example with uh, the original. I was like, oh, I kind of saw your kind of middling review for, sorry, not the original, the 2013, kind of mm-hmm. your middling review for the 2013 one. What's that all about? And he said, I don't know. And he like thought of the example where when they're first opening the Book of the Dead, there's like a bunch of warnings around it or it's wrapped up. It's like, don't oh, open yeah. this. Like seriously, don't open it. And I, when I was hearing that described, I'm like, wait, if that is what you would do if you were in real life bearing this, you wouldn't just give one little warning. You would like write as much stuff as possible. But when you're watching it as a movie, it's coming across as almost like a joke or a gimmick or something Mm. like in movie mode, it's like you don't need as many, but yet in real life you would do that. Anyway, just in talking about evil dead movies with friends and thinking in terms of uh, how, what brings us into the reality of something. That's interesting. Yeah. It's like that the fun of horror often is us being like, dude, what are you doing? Mm Mm-hmm. You're def- watching characters defy rational behavior mm-hmm. or thought. And so I'm okay with, <laughs> I mean, the dude like gets, wa- it's like, it's bound in like barbed wire. But you not, but it's not, uh, that's not against rational thought. That's against movie logic. That's <laughs> well, yeah. That, because yeah, who, I guess so. Unless you're, right. you're like super, like supernatural, superstitious, you know, kind of, which a lot of cultures are, granted. But yeah. I feel like for those kinds of characters, the realistic thing is you would never in a million years think that this book would actually unleash an evil. But it's so interesting when we're watching a movie, we go, wait, you know, hasn't he seen a thousand different horror movies? It's like, <laughs> right. yes, but this is real life. So why would he be considering that as an option? Right, right. I just had a thought, you know, maybe the big, just the the universe in another universe Lee Cronin directed the 2013 one and Fidi Alvarez did this one and it was a Hispanic family mm. just picturing that yeah all right yeah let's picture that yeah universe. just because they would I think it would they would connect to it in uh, different ways and and maybe better ways that's interesting and of note to me. <laughs> All the different ways this could have been. Yes. Yeah. We can talk about the multiverse, the evil dead multiverse. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's so funny. How, yeah. Again, just keep just bringing it back. It's that it does fit into the universe of all the other ones that for me is it's what was holding it back I'm down for that. I think I, you could do that. And what was missing for me though. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Maybe though this will be a jump off point to 
It just seems like it's an unnatural progression to go like, I guess if we're just still like, let's say if I'm hoping the next one is the one that I wanted, it's going to use this as the tonal blueprint. It's not going to all of a sudden have what I was Mm. missing from this one. Yeah. Prove me wrong. Yeah. I mean, I would almost say I would rather not see a continuation of this, a pure continuation. I don't need to see these characters again as much as I like them. But I I could get behind sort of more of a serial series of Evil Dead movies. It's what we're getting, and I'm going to watch them because they're Evil Dead that. movies. Yeah. And I'm going to like the fun lore, but I'm just going to be like the <laughs> filmmaking is doing nothing for me. <sighs> That's sad. But whatever. It is what it is. Should we wind down from Evil yeah. Dead Rise with some recommendations? Yeah, what do you got? Well, like I said last time, where if there's a new Ari Aster movie in theaters, I'm going to recommend Dead It. If there's a new uh, Kelly Reichardt movie in theaters, I'm probably going to recommend Dead It. Another A24 release. Funny enough, or not so. Uh, yeah. Her Wait, new who movie, is that? Do Kelly I know Reichardt. She, yeah. Wendy and Lucy... Is oh, the, that's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Meek's cut off. I haven't watched that. Brit has. Okay. Oh, great okay. movie. Certain Woman. Um, Showing Up is the new one. I have heard of this. What is it about? It's like uh, Michelle Williams and her neighbor work at, live in uh, I think Portland and kind of have installations going on that they're working on and teach at this like artist kind of like college commune plays. And it's just, it's got that great kind of like hmm. just hangout feel and, oh, uh, okay. and the tensions are just at this great level. I don't know if you've seen a Kelly Reichardt movie, you know what it is, but this was a sort of lighter amongst them and probably my, uh, yeah, I don't know. My second or third favorite of hers. It was really good. Man, I haven't watched anything. Old Joy is my favorite of hers. Anyway, I was trying to remember. I don't think I've seen that. I haven't watched anything but what we've been watching. So I kind of am at a loss. Um, well, you can second mine from last week. I want, I mean, that's what I went and saw. It, it, Bo is afraid is, am I allowed to do that? I guess I can do whatever I want. Definitely go see that. I don't, like, you and I need to have a conversation about it. I think we give it a year or two and talk about it because I feel like we have to do an episode on it. It's I kind of do too. I kind of do too. It is goddamn insane. I, purposefully. <laughs> I mean, that's like what the movie is. And I, in a weird way, I, people left the theater, which oh I love. Oh my God, yeah. Um, there's this two older gentlemen <laughs> sitting in the front row. And I think that we probably got 35 minutes into the movie and I watched them go and just like get up and like storm out. It was amazing. They walk into Skinner Marink, do the exact same thing. Seriously. I way more people at Skinner Marink walked out, but I think four or five maybe walked out of the, of my screening of Bo's Frustrated people at my screening of Walk Up, the new Hong Sang Soo movie, too. A lot yeah. of people not having it these days. Man, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And the worst thing that could happen, well, maybe not the worst thing, but a thing that I hate having happen happened, which is I had to go, I had to leave in the first 10 minutes and then got delayed outside of the theater because of a line. So I missed like 
five minutes of the movie. Dude, that whole first act is pretty key. I know. <laughs> so I saw the very beginning, the whole entire scene, uh, first scene. Well, not the opening, but the 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 therapy session scene. <laughs> and I saw him leave and start to walk back to his place. And the next five minutes I missed. Dude, that's like I know. everything. I know. And I came back and I was so mad because I was like, I couldn't get back. So you're going to so go back I and see it. I have to go see it again, yeah. Second time, I loved it even more. Like, I, I, yeah. Because it's, there's some interesting, like. It's so crazy. The, uh, the, the first chunk is just so high energy and loaded. Yeah. It was kind of maybe on a first viewing, hard to have like the expectations of it reaching that kind of level of energy again. But once mm. your expectations aren't there, that spell of just when he takes that hit of three different things. I love that. It's, that's all we know what it is. <laughs> that's right. That's when the movie, it's like, that's when you take your hit and just kind of get into the hypnosis of it all and yeah. are able just to really sink into the 20 minute play within a movie, within a, what is we watching right now? It's so crazy to me because I am currently working on like a conceptual sort of art film. And so much of the styling and kind of just the vibe of what's in Bo is Afraid is already stuff that we had been planning on doing. And so it's almost like it's validating to me because I'm like, oh, yeah, that kind of thing. That's what we're talking about. And and yes, it's executable and it doesn't have to be overly fancy or anything. It can be... It can be practical. It could be a combination of practical and animation or like CGI or uh, AI. Who knows how we'll do it? But like, it just felt really good to see the like all bets are off attitude towards filmmaking. It's like, I'm just going to do what I'm, what I want. Like, I'm going to make the thing the way I see it as, you know, without any sort of constraint. The unconstraint nature of this movie is... Um, like my favorite thing. Oh yeah, don't, yes. There, there there, are no rules. As much as I preach that there are rules in certain respects, like that's really more to say that there's guidelines to help you achieve your vision. There is always a guiding light in any film, piece, whatever, that's sort of like, are you being true to that? And like that, right. that key for Bo is Afraid was abs was consistent, yeah. you know, and it it's, was. it's really like, was just an exercise in going, what are all like my worst, most, um, you know, ridiculous fears yeah. manifested yeah. just to sort of see how ridiculous they are. But at the same time to feel them because we can relate, yeah. you know, in that level of anxiety or whatever it is. Mm, anyway, we'll save it for a tune in a year from now. Let's talk about right, it. Right, exactly. And then tune in to uh, two years from now for when we talk about Evil Dead Rise 2. Rises is... Rises. <laughs> Evil Dead Evil falls. Dead Paul Riser. Evil Dead be pretty cool. He'd be good in an Evil Dead movie. Yeah, he would. All right, he, man. It's because he'd be good in any movie. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll be back in... Uh, two weeks per usual <sighs> yeah yeah we will uh in closing we, we hope you don't find the if you find the third book of the dead don't don't play whatever media device comes with it yeah yes that's true i'd like to see a movie where all three of the books are together who right. knows what that would cause all right thanks um, for listening yes and we'll see you next time goodbye, goodbye. Oh. 